0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I am here with an amazing podcast episode. It is dedicated to impact wrestling. That is right. For the first time on the Square Circle Podcast, I talk about impact wrestling. In the past, it was known as TNA Wrestling. Now it's impact wrestling. It's under a new direction. As you can tell, I threw out the name Dixie Carter, who used to run and help out TNA in the past and I used to be a TNA wrestling fan. I just happened to fall out with watching TNA wrestling back in 2007. It wasn't until Slammiversary of this year that I decided to rewatch the now newly dubbed Impact Wrestling because my Twitter timeline has so much positive feedback about Impact Wrestling. Therefore, I watched it. I was impressed. It's a little bit different in terms of production, but it's very high value. And there's a lot of new guys that I do not know. So please bear with me when I start doing weekly reviews of Impact Wrestling. Welcome, Impact Wrestling, to the Square Circle Podcast. This review of Impact Wrestling is from September 22nd, 2020. Impact Wrestling starts off with a triple threat match dedicated to a X Division title shot. We have Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, and TJP. TJP, as you guys know, was in WWE for a little bit. Also did the indies. So I definitely know TJP. Trey Miguel, I am completely new to. This kid is golden. He is great with combo moves. However, there is some particular moves in this match that he did that I'll talk about and how he can tighten it up, especially if this is a triple threat match in order to receive a future X Division Championship down the line. There's just some stuff that the young wrestlers need to understand when they are in the ring. No move should be wasted. And definitely there should be psychology. Psychology. Behind the moves that they use. So I'll dive into that a little bit. Chris Bay is completely new to me, but he is also a natural star. I see his tweets sometimes on Twitter, and he seems like an all around cool guy. By the way, guys, if you are not following me on Twitter, follow me at Marie underscore shadows. Now let's jump into this match. In the beginning of the match, it was explosive, it was nice. Now we come to the one move that I did not like, I did not understand, and this is what it is. We have Trey Miguel and Chris Bay in the ring. Trey Miguel captures Chris Bay on his shoulders, right? So it was a leapfrog. Trey caught him. Chris Bay is sitting on Trey's shoulders. In my notes, I have, instead of a flapjack, not a pun, towards WWE Slapjack, so no cease and desist, guys, or a back body slam, Trey pushes Chris from his shoulders and goes into the next sequence of moves. Let me tell you why this upset me the most during this match. But I will say right now, in this moment in time, that Trey redeemed himself later on in the match. Anyway, when you are in a triple threat match for a future X-Division title shot. And the X-Division has a heavy, heavy, prestigious history of amazing wrestlers holding it. You don't squander your opportunity by pushing the guy off your shoulders just to go to the next sequence. What does that do for psychology? Nothing. You could have at least face planted him or dropped him on his back, try to do a pin to get the one, two, three, so that way they know that you mean business. You're not there to play around. I understand that it's a match and you guys talk about what you have to do. You have a certain amount of minutes to get your stuff in and a certain amount of minutes for the match to go. You wouldn't want to end it short and then people go home unsatisfied. I totally understand that and I'll probably be the same way. However, if this is for the title, you get in there, you kick ass, you get the pin, you leave. You don't waste an opportunity that could have turned into something else maybe a face plant, hook the leg, one, two, bam, both of you guys get up, and then you could continue the next sequence. There should be psychology behind the moves that you do because you, as a wrestler, want to secure the three count and the victory. So that way, later on, you could be like, well, I have 10 victories over you, and what do you have? Nothing. You can use it to your advantage that way. But that's the one thing that got me upset in this match. It's just that you don't push a guy off your shoulders just to go to the next sequence because you couldn't think of anything on the fly. You're a professional athlete. Think of stuff on the fly. Most likely your opponent can take it. Do not try to do things that will harm your opponent or injure your opponent or do anything of that nature. I know accidents happen in this business, but that's just my take on it. Next time, do a flapjack. Next time, throw him on his back get the one, two, three, or just get the two, and then go on to the next sequence. Don't do a leaf frog, bam, on shoulders, push them off, and then do the next sequence. What? (laughs) Makes no sense. No sense at all. And I honestly did not want to start this review off in a negative way, but I had to stop and watch that a couple of times. And no, I am not hating on any of these guys. They're all athletic. They're all great in the ring. It's just As a young professional wrestler, if no one is going to critique your matches and tell you how to improve for your longevity in this business, I'll be the one to do it. Cool. After that, TJP does a really nice sharpshooter slash camel clutch combo where he had Trey Miguel in the sharpshooter and did the camel clutch to Chris Bay. And now this is where Trey Miguel redeems himself in my eyes. He does the walk the rope move to TJP, then a double stomp to Chris Bay, all in the same sequence. Then he does a close knee strike and cutter to TJP as a combo. I believe this was the combo that set Trey up to get the one-two-three 3 and get his future X Division title shot. That was a fantastic ending to this match. That, like I said, redeemed him in my eyes. Just remember that less is more in professional wrestling to get you over. If you think that all the flashy moves in the world will get you over, you don't understand how longevity works in this business because fans tend to love the flashy stuff, but then might be loving something different that you can't provide for them. And then they move to something else. So just make sure that if you want longevity in this business, your moves matter, there's psychology behind it, less is more, and learn how to tell stories in the ring. So Raju is on the outside of the ring. Again, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. He goes into the ring, tells the referee that he is ready to give Trey Miguel his X Division title shot. It happens, but in a... Span of three seconds while holding Trey Miguel's tights, Raju picks up the victory and is still Impact X Division champion. After that, we get an Eric Young promo. He says that his conscience is clear, he knows what he needs to do, and this is probably the best Eric Young I've seen. It's really sad that WWE did not know what to do with him. He's super creative. He's been in this business forever. And he's an all-around wrestler that can definitely tell a story and can definitely be the champion that Impact needs him to be, even if he's attacking his best friends or attacking people that look like Eddie Edwards and stuff like that. Like, Eric Young knows how to move Impact forward. I will say that I had a pleasure and an awesome time on the Impact Bound for Glory call where it was Eric Young and Rick Swan. They were both discussing their match upcoming in Bound for Glory, October 24th. And I learned a lot listening from Eric Young. And this is why I always knew that Eric Young was one of my favorites. And it's just so nice to come back into the Impact family and watch Eric Young again because back in the day, he was one of the staples of TNA slash impact wrestling on the roster. And he did amazing things. And all of his hard work, I thank him highly for that. After that, we get a woman's match. It is Kimberly with Deonna Purrazzo at her side versus Susie. And Kylie Ray is at her side. I have no complaints about their women's division. I have no complaints about their women athletes at all when they come to being in wrestling matches. TNA has always been the forefront of women's wrestling. They gave spotlights to Mickey James and Victoria for having a cage match on TNA Wrestling. And we had the beautiful people and we had all the rest of the... Knockouts. It was a fantastic time and TNA still continues to strive and make amazing memories and history with their women. The only notes I have for this match is that Susie does a bulldog. There's a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker from Kimberly to Susie and then there's the distraction that happens for Susie to do the panic switch attack to pick up the victory in this match. I do want to take a moment and talk about characters when it comes to women. Susie is one hell of a character given the fact that her name is really generic. It's modern, it's simple. It's something that you can remember. But what adds to you remembering Susie is the way that she presents herself in each of these matches, the way that she stays in character from the beginning of the match to the end of the match. And everything in between. Susie stays in character from the start of the match all the way to the beginning of the match. And this helps amplifies you guys to remembering who she is even with a simple name like that. Sometimes if you just have a simple name and no other character or personality added to it, you might just get left behind and no one really remembers who you are. So ladies, when you are designing your character and your name, make sure that there's some underlying motive as to why you chose it and why you do the things that you do. After that, we get a hilarious Heath for Impact video, which had me dying of laughter. Impact, please hire Heath Slater. He got kids. Plus he has a rhino. That is endangered. So make sure you guys hire him. After that, we get a Valkyrie promo. And these are women who stay in character, who know their character. And you could just feel that you want to know more about them. And you want to see what they do. After that, we were supposed to get, I'm guessing it was a match. It was Cody Diener with his cousin Jake. But this is where Eric Young comes out and attacks both of them. And then Scott D'Amore finally comes out to confront Eric Young. But, you know, that doesn't work. Then Eddie Edwards comes and Eric Young backs out. That segment, in my opinion, was a little too long. It could have been a little bit shorter. Just because it was like a bunch of just kicking the shit out of Cody Deaner and his cousin Jake by Eric Young when no one wanted to come out and you know stop it. Usually they'll send the whole locker room out pretty soon, but that didn't happen. I understand why it was done, but it was just a little too long in my favor. After that, we have RVD versus Sammy Callahan. The stipulation of this match is that if RVD wins, Katie Forbes gets five minutes with Sammy Callahan in the ring. She has a lot of fucking confidence and I admire that confidence about her. So RVD wins this. There is a distraction from Katie with the hairspray to Sammy Callahan. This allows Katie Forbes to get her five minutes in with Sammy Callahan and she's stomping a mud hole in him until Sammy gets up and decides to Pow! drive her into the ring and that's it for that segment next we get the main event and the main event is two women wrestlers closing out impact impact is not shy about their knockoffs division they are not shy with putting women in the main event it is Taneo dashwood Formerly known as Emma in WWE. And remember, guys, it's all about Taneo Dashwood. She has her social media person, Caleb with a K. I was really thinking of starting off this podcast by saying, Hey, guys, it's Marie Shadows. Yep, that's right. It's with an M. But I don't know if that's going to get over. Tania Dashwood is facing Jordan Grace. This match was really good. Taneo Dashwood had most of the momentum. However, she kept stopping and blocking Jordan Grace at every turn that she got. Jordan Grace got in her power moves, but it wasn't enough because Taneo Dashwood was one step ahead of Jordan Grace, which was a little uneven in this match. I would think that Jordan Grace would use all of her power attacks towards Taneo Dashwood, but it looked like Taneo Dashwood was doing some homework was studying her opponent and she knew how to block Jordan Grace at every twist and turn. So I have Taneo Dashwood picking up the victory in this match against Jordan Grace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is my review of Impact Wrestling. Overall, I had a fun time watching the show and doing this review for you guys. I did want to link it to AEW and how they can entrust their women to also lead by example the same way that TNA, the same way that Impact Wrestling allows their women to lead by example. I honestly think that when AEW first started and they were thinking about how they were going to form their women's division, now, I'm all for homegrown talent where you have your AEW originals, right? Because AEW should have their originals. And that should be basically half the woman roster. However, getting Joshi wrestlers and bringing them in were good for a while. However, if you don't have enough vignettes for your women wrestlers that come from Japan that come from Spain, that come from anywhere else that's not the United States, it may not get over with the casual plus hardcore fans that are here in the United States. That's where we have the disconnect when it comes to the Joshi wrestlers being introduced to AEW. And I understand there's a lot of footage out there. There's a lot of studying that I can do and provide better information. However, I'm providing information from how a regular casual fan will perceive a women's division without having that extra help. Sometimes you need to hold the fan's hand in what you want them to expect and what you want them to understand about the AEW product and the AEW women's division. It does not mean that you have to spoon feed them everything like WWE. What it means is that you want to take the time to capture your audience by giving them something to hold on to, by giving them something to enjoy and understand why the Joshi women wrestlers are the best wrestlers in Japan and why they're coming over here to win the hearts of the American people, the American philosophies and the Japanese philosophies. When it comes to professional wrestling, it's completely different, completely different. I remember when I was on the zoom call, when it was Kenny and, Michael Nakazawa talking to students in Japan about pro wrestling and how that and how all that entwines with life and being a creative and focusing on how to learn English and all that kind of stuff. So I remember that Kenny had mentioned that in Japan, the social structure for professional wrestling is that the Japanese wrestlers know their place, There is nothing like here in America where if you are unsatisfied with your place, you either voice your opinion or quit or try to get a different leg up or something like that. Americans are very vocal. Japanese wrestlers are not so vocal. They might be vocal, but sometimes they turn it down or they understand the position that they're in and they work a hundred times harder to move up to gain that satisfaction. Here in America, they don't. So sometimes I feel like when Joshi wrestlers come over, it's a hard transition to get them to want to have the American people like them as much. And I only say that because Riho is the perfect example because she was the first AEW Women's Champion. And I did not see a very appeal to her. She was cute. She was adorable. She was small. But everyone else put her on a high pedestal of, oh my gosh, she's so great. Oh my gosh, she's this, she's that. It didn't translate well to her matches, especially when she was fighting American women versus when she fights her colleagues. There was a different atmosphere between both matches. And sometimes you need more women's matches to get the flow going, the chemistry going. So that way the American audience can be like, all right, I'll cheer for Riho. All right, I'll buy a shirt for Riho and support her the same way with Emi Sakura who did the Freddie Mercury gimmick and not all Americans know Queen, like Queen and I might be wrong, but then again, I might not. But it didn't translate over well and I was even like, she needs something new. She can't take a gimmick that in Japan, they highly love Queen over here to the States. If she did it in Europe, that'd be great because Queen is from Europe, but here in the States, it didn't translate well. And, you know, again, there's that disconnect. If they would have started with the mindset of growing homegrown American talent in AEW, then that would be the best starting point. So you have your AEW original females, and then you branch out, and you grab other females who are great, and you cultivate a women's division like that, similar to how Impact Wrestling did. Impact Wrestling did that in the beginning days. They had their homegrown Impact talent, even if most of the women did come over from WWE, but it was a starting point and a launching pad to have... The TNA impact women's division as strong as it is currently? And that's one lesson that AEW probably should have took from TNA from the get-go. So that way AEW is not in this scrambling predicament because we're in a pandemic to start grabbing women who've been doing this on the indies for a while to bring us great women wrestling. There are homegrown talent in AEW which is Britt Baker she's been there since the very beginning Big Swole is a great add to the AEW women's division so is Reba so is Penelope so is so is Allie and you have so many others I just wish that there was a little bit more consistency with the women's division and the women's wrestling My biggest thing would be asking these women what they want. What they want to achieve in pro wrestling. What they want to achieve in AEW. And try to build off of stories from that. Because sometimes the things that you want turn into the best storylines ever produced. And even if it's a little cliche, you could definitely go off that route. But I don't know if any of these women are being asked, what do you want to achieve? What are your goals in AEW? What are your goals in professional wrestling? Once you figure out your goals in whatever you want to accomplish, the story is going to be that much deeper and the audience is going to connect with you because you never know that someone out there might be feeling the same way. And doesn't know how to get over the hurdle of achieving what they want to achieve. That's why I think having conversations with these athletes in the back and trying to jump off of their hopes and dreams will make a better product than just throwing things together, booking it on the fly, and waiting for women to come up to you and be like, hey, I want to pitch a story. This is what I want to do. Sometimes both men and women in this business don't know how to pitch that story to their bookers and they are going to get lost in the shuffle. And that's why they need a person, a voice of reason like myself, Marie Shadows, to push that for them. I've seen it many times while I'm on the indies, and I mentioned this very briefly on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, which he's a fantastic host, and I love that I was on his podcast, and I want to do it again one day, and yeah, I've been on the indies, and I heard behind the scenes of sometimes wrestlers don't know how to push themselves, or they don't understand their character And there's no one there to help guide them. There's no one there to help them. Sure, when they talk to their buddies about the stuff that they're feeling frustrated about, their buddies can only help but so much. But you do need an extra person behind the scenes to help push their story, their voice, their hopes and dreams and their goals. And that's the reason why I love doing this podcast is to bring awareness that sometimes things in the business need to change and help people get encouraged to make sure that they can pitch the appropriate stories to their booker and let their booker know that this is me this is my character this is what I want to do and this is the program I want to work with with such and such and you know I understand that not every story is going to be made and not every pitch is going to be heard but it doesn't mean that you can't not try that's all it is But I think I've ranted enough about Impact Wrestling's Women's Division and how AEW should have started their Women's Division. And I hope both sides of the table does not get angry at me or hate me for just expressing an opinion, an idea of how it could have worked, of just trying to improve the product that I love and trying to improve a company that I dearly love that I will be reviewing next, right after this Impact podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed my rants, if you enjoy my honest talking about the business side and what I've seen behind the scenes, (laughs) all pun intended, I guess. And if you enjoyed this first ever Impact Wrestling podcast review, Please make sure to leave a review on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to this podcast on. The more reviews, the more stars. It helps me out. It helps out the algorithm. You guys know this. It works like Twitter. It works like YouTube. If you wish to support the show further, meaning the whole entire Square Circle podcast and all of my talents and hobbies and everything that I love to do, head over to Patreon.com forward slash RookieSCP. It is currently getting revamped with more tiers. If you guys would like to send me suggestions, please head over to my Twitter account at Marie on Shadows to let me know what you would like to see in the future of the Patreon for the Square Circle Podcast. And I just want to quickly thank every single listener that listens to this podcast on anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast. You guys are amazing. And once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Square Circle Podcast where I am Marie Shadows, and you just heard the first episode of Impact Wrestling Review.